Coming up, a Sad Styles production. Get into it! What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode eight of the Good Buds Podcast, a show about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Not weed, but weed is tight. My name is Joey Belfiore, and I'm here with Andrew Bascom. As always, Andrew, how you doing, baby? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I, it's funny we we host a Toronto Maple Leafs podcast, and yet there's so little hockey that we uh, that I, I miss hockey. It's like the off season yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah, it's like two games in the span of what almost two weeks essentially. It's right? like a bye week. Yeah, like this days. is a bye week. In it a is. It's a bye week. Yeah, yeah. A little boring, but uh, nothing boring about the Sweden trip. Oh, four absolutely. to four points. That's a nice one. Swedish sweep. Yeah, the boys are back, I'm assuming, in Toronto after a huge, hugely successful trip in Sweden going yeah. 2-0 with two very on-brand exciting games, almost as if they were <laughs> script-written. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not just the NFL that writes scripts for their games. Like, if you had to paint a picture of what is great about uh, NHL hockey, it would be these two games, you know, back and forth, come from, by- come from behind, and a Swedish hero that, uh, that emerges, too. Yeah, as you know, we've heard from kind of everyone in the media, William Nylander is essentially a rock star in Stockholm. And he's a rock star here because, <laughs> my goodness, it's he's taking over just kind of like the aura of this team, the face of this team. I, I understand that Austin Matthews is the face of this franchise, but like right now, right in this very moment, it's all about William Nylander. Oh, 100%. I don't know what the conversion rate from uh, Canadian dollars to kroner is or euros, but uh, get ready for whatever $10 million is, William, because yeah, your family's not going to have to do anything ever again. Uh, it was really cute seeing the family in the, the stands, though. It like, was awesome. It, 91 tickets or whatever it is, just unbelievable. Uh, also, kind of missed the mark. Should have had his number. No, I don't know, whatever. But uh, <laughs> it was like, he doesn't wear 91, whatever. Uh, and you know what's so funny is Swedish, I, I, in general, you know, Swedish people, tall, blonde, you know, beautiful, well-dressed. Every Swedish player is always like incredible, whatever. You could spot in the stands going like, oh, those are the Nylanders. Oh, that's yeah. the huge section of Nylanders right there. Like, it's unbelievable. Yeah, the video of uh, his dad and his sisters going nuts after the overtime goal was awesome. It was really cute. And actually, oh, I love that. And the sisters had the, like, they took over the uh, NHL Europe mm-hmm. Instagram page for the day. And they, they like how they get ready for the game and stuff like that. And it was all very wholesome and cute. <laughs> I enjoyed uh Michael Nylander's uh, Austin Matthews goal celebration after Willie scored, like with the full <laughs> hand, like that's a goal, yeah. baby. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, it's funny. It's funny that you think about them as coworkers. You know what I mean? Like we all have coworkers. We work at places and we we know people in, you know, in a certain amount of relationship with your coworkers. And it's funny that like William would talk about Austin. It's, you know, uh, my teammate and my coworker I show to work all the time. And you're like, oh, that's great. I'm glad that they get along so well. Yeah, it is nice. It is nice. Yeah. Um, Friday against Detroit, a 3-2 win. Sunday against Minnesota, a 4-3 overtime win. Both games back and forth. I mean, we kind of knew this going in, that that it would be tough to grab your legs and get going, especially in game one when Detroit had played already. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think that was kind of like, if you kind of explain what a back-to-back is like for someone, or to someone, sorry, and you're like, you know, the team that's on the back-to-back is probably going to start the second game solid with their legs, and then they're going to kind of fade by the Mm. third period. And the team that's not on the back-to-back or hasn't played in six days might be the opposite. It's going to take them a couple periods to get their legs, and then by the third period, they're probably going to start clicking. And that's exactly what happened. The Leafs were kind of pretty sloppy for two two periods against Detroit and then just yes. woke up, took over the game and 
William Nylander, three points. John Tavares with a beauty goal to, oh. to seal the deal. A nice regulation win against a divisional opponent. Those two points and not giving Detroit one is huge. I know it's early yeah. in the standings, but it's huge. Yeah, we, we kind of talked about before they went to Sweden too, is saying like, it's not that these games don't matter. It's that the results were kind of, if you could toss them off one way or another, but <laughs> it's great that they're two wins, but, and it's great that's another come from behind victory. And on top of that, two goals, giving up two goals is a victory right now for this team and the way they're playing defensively in the goaltending. And, you know, to shut them down in the third, it looks so strong. It's just an absolute win all over the place against a team too, Detroit, like, don't think about this last five years. This Detroit team is actually really, really good. And so, uh, you know, this is this is a victory on a lot of levels. Yeah, Tyler Bertuzzi having his best game as a Leaf by yes. far. Looked solid. I will shut up about everything I've said before. <laughs> Tyler Bertuzzi, thank you for making me like you. Um, he looked we solid. He got the belt too, which if you if you love seeing those uh, the yeah. little uh, championship belt that they've got, because if for only one reason, you get to see more of Tyler Bertuzzi's tattoos. <laughs> Holy yeah. smokes, they look like prison tattoos. It looks like <laughs> they were done in a trailer when he was fourteen. But uh, it's just yeah, he he played yeah, probably honestly probably that's what happened. Uh, he looks great. He looks great. He he's he's looking like he's found a spot in the lineup that really works for him. I think that top line was a lot uh, at one moment. And, you know, we could talk about that top line in a little bit and maybe where where they are. But he's found his spot in the lineup and he looked like he had purpose on the ice. Yeah, 59, 88, and 91 are essentially the top five line in hockey right now. They are unstoppable. Yeah. Willie yeah. with the puck, he his possession rate, the, the way he can literally skate around defenders and skate around his own to look to see what's happening, to make things happen... John Tavares, so good below the net, so good in tight. And when Tyler Bertuzzi is doing things like he did on Friday, then you're like, yes, this is the Tyler Bertuzzi that we paid $5 million for. Um, yeah. Our second line is essentially our 1B line. Like, we have two first lines. It's it's great. We, yeah. Well, we do. They, they can play interchangeably and play in every position too, which is uh, every position in the game, excuse me. So that And that really is a huge help right now. So, God, that pass too for for, uh, for Tavares. The backhand pass? Like on, the backhand oh, pass? Yeah, that was nice. Good God. Just so good. And it's just, it's just amazing that when you get talented players together, it's funny how everyone can be in the right position all the time. Like, it's just, it's it's one of those like luck versus, uh, versus skill. And you're mm-hmm. like, eh, see, it's nothing lucky when you're that good because you all just put yourself in really good spots. Uh, yeah, just just incredible. That second line is just cooking. Yeah, I thought Sammy played really solid against Detroit. Mm. The uh, That one shot that kind of hit him up, up high made me nervous. Yeah. I don't understand why goalies don't wear the dangler. Like, yeah. I never played like crazy, crazy high-level hockey, but like I wore the dangler because you got to wear a dangler, man. Like Patrick Watt <laughs> wore the dangler, you got to wear the dangler. Yeah. Uh, if yeah. anyone doesn't know what the hell I'm talking about, it's yeah. essentially a plastic neck guard that ties on a goalie mask that comes low so that when you have a puck that kind of creeps up into your collarbone area and you're putting your chin down, there is still a little bit of an opening between your chest protector and your mask. The dangler prevents anything from hitting that. Clearly, mm-hmm. the puck got Sammy up high. Uh, just a stinger. It, you know, I, I think it kind of like stunned him for a little bit. He dropped a stick right away. Um, Glad to see he's okay. Glad to see that he finished the game and, and he played yeah. solid. Yeah, that's... <laughs> hockey players are so tough. That is one where they get puck on almost just pure skin and then they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm okay. And you're like, Jesus Christ, man. It like, hurts. Okay. Oh, God, I can only imagine. But yeah, Sammy having a good game. I think we're rounding back into what we are going to see the goaltending like for the rest of the season. I don't think we're going to have a 1A1. I don't think we're going to have a, a starter and a, and a backup. I think you're going to see a lot of splitting time and it feels like we're getting closer to that with Sammy having some good games, stringing some good starts together. 
Yeah, I mean, again, when you're playing, you're paying your entire goalie room less than $5 million, I think it's yeah. totally valid to say, yeah, we have a 1A, we have a 1B, we're going to ride who's hot at the moment. Mm-hmm. You're not feeling like you you owe someone the starting role, whereas, yes. like, say, we were paying someone $10 million like Florida was, you feel like, you know, you really need to try to get Bobrovsky to find his game to be that starter. Right. And when he's not, then things, you know, start feeling like, okay, where have we put the money? Yeah. Where is the mismanagement? Uh, but totally, you know, Sammy's three, three and change, and Joe is under one. So you can have those two goalies as a tandem working, and just ride the hot hand, ride the hot ass. And <laughs> <laughs> when your goalie room is less than one Jack Campbell, uh, yeah, you can yeah. you can totally do that. Oh, that feels boy. like an absolute. Uh, oh boy, I'm blow blow. Um, I, I regret that. <laughs> he seems like a nice guy. <laughs> poor Soupy. Uh, oh, poor Soupy. Sunday morning, Sunday fucking early in the morning. Uh, do you did you wake up? Because okay, both Andrew and I finished work the night before at like what was it four in the morning? Yeah, four in the morning. You're in bed. Yeah, it's uh, it was a very late night. I between this and uh, anytime that the NFL decides to play in Europe as well, mm-hmm. I have always regretted under my breath. I woke up for the second period. Okay, so I, woke I missed up for the, the third. first period. Yeah, I, okay, I woke up for go. the third. I had about 10 minutes left in the third. I was like, okay. I like we're being honest with people. I like that we're being honest with everybody. I mean, listen, like my plan was to wake up for the game, but I got home from work after four and I'm like, I'm not going to sleep for three hours. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, do what I had to do on Sunday. My day was going to be a write-off. So I tried mm-hmm. to get the extra couple hours so I can watch the third Good period. And you. it worked out because all you needed to see was overtime, baby. Absolutely. God, this is like Thanos level. Doesn't it feel just a level, a little bit inevitable where you're like mm-hmm. three and three and William Nylander takes a turnover in overtime and just fire like races down the ice and does the exact same move. I know this has been pointed out so many times that the third time he's done this to Minnesota alone, the exact same move of coming back down, you know, and the end line and then just cutting back in front of the, the goaltender. Yeah, I didn't think it was going to go well after the Mitch Marner giveaway, uh, mm. where Minnie had a 2-1-0 in front of the net. Joe Wall made a huge save, and then another 2-1-1 yeah. the other way, and Morgan Riley makes a beautiful play that starts Willie up the ice. And and I think the most impressive part about the goal, it's not the cutting in, it's not the same move that he did, it's when he starts with the puck, if you watch him go change his direction twice, he cuts twice in mm. between the blue lines and yeah. has Johansson just swimming. He has him yeah. changing directions and it just, then when he goes back to the left, he's able to just completely blow by him. And then you're like, yeah. okay, game over. We know what Willie does here, but it was just the way he changes. He, he goes right. And then he cuts quick left and you watch Johansson or sorry, Johansson just like completely lose himself. Yeah. It's so funny. You could see it because he flips his hips. And at that point, you know, he's lost him because he's can no longer stay in front of him. Mm-hmm. And then Nylander being so impressively strong, which I just, whatever, and puts his one hand out and there's no hope. He's getting that puck back. Like, it's just, once he has that one hand out and one hand on the stick, it's just un- really, really strong. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, just, it's, you know, and then his, his uh, skill shows off with that. Just pull back and put it back in the net. It's just unbelievable. And it just did, it felt inevitable. We are like, of course he's going to fucking score this. The, the go-away game here, just so good. Yeah. I know a bunch of people in, a bunch of people in Leafs Twitter and whatnot had this idea that he was going to sign the contract extension while they were in Sweden. Yes, that would have been nice, but like, let's be real for a second. Do you understand how many commitments William Nylander had in those in that week? He was doing everything: autograph signings, talk shows, like playing a couple hockey games, practice, (laughs) uh, showing the guys around. Like he was an ambassador, Mm -hmm. a team ambassador for that trip. He's clearly a superstar in Stockholm. He had so many other commitments. 
I don't yeah. think putting a huge contract extension decision on his plate in that week where he can just be like, can I just get through these commitments and see my family for a second and then play my hockey games? Yeah. Like, I, I think that was a little bit of a stretch for everyone to be like, oh, it's going to happen. He's going to sign the extension here. Like, it's going to happen. Yes. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> let him just chill for a second. It's not. Yeah, that's a very romantic idea that like he would go like, you know what? My life's pretty good. Give me that contract. You know, like, yeah. come on, put it right in front of me. You know, it, it, is, it is easily one of the top three decisions he's going to make in his entire life. You think it would happen. I did love that the, he was holding a, uh, an autograph signing in Stockholm and everyone made, kept making the joke that Trill Living should line up and just kind of slide a contract in, see yeah. if he signs it. Um, yeah. <sighs> yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah, I, it, wouldn't have that been nice, but you know what Joey's been saying since the beginning of this podcast, and I still, I can only hear it in my head that he's like, don't worry about the contract. It's going to happen in the offseason. Yeah, it's going to happen in the offseason or it's going to happen in the spring. I, I Like, if okay. I had to be a betting man, and again, I was also the betting man last week who said John Klingberg was going to play both games in Sweden. Forget <laughs> about it. So, I mean, take this with a grain of salt. But yeah. I would say Willie signs somewhere between February and May. Like, okay. it's going to happen. It's just going to – that's kind of when it's going to happen. Let's just chill for a second. Um, yeah, we, we, we get conversations, by the way, but we get conversations about this, like, like uh, what amount and stuff like that too. And you're like, at this point, I don't care. Just Don't care it. at all. Like, yeah, I don't, don't care. care at all. Not my money. Don't care. Yeah, don't care at all. Yeah. Uh, Matt Sundin, man. We got to talk about Matt Sundin uh, yeah. in the sweetest trip, like – as a whole in terms of behind the scenes, the stuff that didn't happen on the ice. I have watched that video of Matt Sundin uh, announcing the starting lineup maybe 20 times. <laughs> I just, I love the way he says the Swedish names where he's like Lagerson, Nylander, yeah, yeah. Jan Kruk. Jan Kruk. Domi boys, come on boys, <laughs> make them proud boys. Like it was, it just made goosebumps, man. It, it was awesome. Oh, yeah. We don't see it's enough Matt Sundin. We really don't, and we could talk about why maybe that is in a second. But it is funny this his he's so it it brings it back to being a kid and hearing him do interviews and things like that. He's just so quiet and subtle, and mm. you know. And the other one too is I. It's not that you forget, but he's he's an absolute mountain of a man. And even though he has slimmed down quite a bit and good for him as he should, you when he steps through that door frame, you're like Jesus Christ, that guy's big. Uh, and, and yeah, Jan Kruk, never heard that before. That's really great. I'm going to go with that for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. And Domi tying his skates and looking up wistfully with his mustache at his childhood hero that reads his name at the starting lineup. Oh, break my heart. So good. Yeah. Or when he came on the ice uh, to deliver the player of the game speech and he like, yes. looks back and he like, or the, the ceremonial punch rock, he looks back and he's just like, yeah, like, oh, I loved that. Oh, I loved that. And I, it's just, why can we not get more Matt Sadin in our life? This is amazing. Yeah. Uh, Chris Johnston wrote a good article in the athletic about this and kind of about how Matt Sadin likes to be away from the spotlight. He likes, like he is, yes. he is, you know, away from everything in Sweden. He doesn't return to Toronto often. He didn't come to Toronto when we retired his number. Um, I believe he only came in that the Boria presentation. Yes. Uh, yes. when we saw Boria for the last time. Um, but yeah, like a lot of people are like, is Matt Sandin going to take a front office role with the Leafs? I don't think so. Like, I, I don't think he wants to, he was no. never that guy. He was a quiet leader. Uh, he's a, a large, like a larger than life character, man. Like, and I know maybe I'm saying this because I was looking up to Matt Sandin when I was a child, but mm. You have a massive Swedish centerman who yeah. is a quiet leader, does everything the right way. And I don't think he is, or at least I'm guessing, but like, I don't think he's the type of guy who's like, now I want to leave my kids and my family and my beautiful mm -hmm. house in Sweden to come over <laughs> to Toronto and deal with a bunch of shit. 
No, I think he did. An, I think he did more than enough of that in his career. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it just it's you want him there because it says so many great things about who the Leafs are as an organization. You know, you want him to be an ambassador of some kind. But like, even fuck, be an ambassador in Sweden. Give him a six figure check and just go like. Hey, uh, every once in a while, do you want to show up and just like scout a game and then uh, shake hands and stuff like that? And you're like, all right, cool. You don't even have to come to Toronto. It's totally fine. I just says it says a lot that we traded whatever people think of Canadian hockey for this young Swedish kid in Wendell Clark and then traded for him. And he won everybody over to the point that you're like, man, that guy is a hell of a player. And the fact that when he shows up in the locker room, you get all wistful about it. I, I You can't say enough good things about it. So whatever he would be comfortable doing. That's the part that I'm like, yeah, let him do that. Whatever mm-hmm. he wants to do, that's the part because he being more involved in the organization can only be a good thing. I totally agree. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree. It's just yeah, nice, I think we're on the nice same page. It's just, yeah, it is. It's just nice to see Matt. It's like yeah. an old friend. Get get that Matt Sundin content in there. Um, <laughs> someone we didn't see at all, John Klingberg. Ah. Did he go <laughs> just to Just like you predicted. Yeah, just like you predicted. Yeah, just, just like I predicted. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Everyone was like, did he Did he go to Sweden? Where is Where is he? Uh, I think they showed a, a little clip of him in that Swedish talk show Bianca that Willie Nylander was on. They like <laughs> cut to Jan Kruk and uh, Klingberg <laughs> in the audience laughing. Um, I don't understand Swedish, but I got some subtitles of some of that stuff and it was pretty hilarious. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. like really grilling Willie. <laughs> I oh I yeah I love it. It's the most honest you've ever heard him talk about anything in Toronto. He gives three word answers, yeah. and uh, which is the worst part is you could tell he's kind of charming, and you're like, fuck, I wish you'd say more because it sounds good. Uh, on Bianca, he was an open book. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's funny that John Klimberg when they're trotting out every Swedish player, every former Swedish player, every you know whatever John Klimberg, an active well, we'll talk about that uh, player for the Toronto Maple Leafs who is Swedish was not present. Uh, very mm-hmm. odd. Yeah, it's the injury that we don't know anything about, and we are starting to maybe realize that John Klingberg might be missing a lot more than just a few games because of said mysterious injury. What is John Klingberg working through? I'm not sure. I don't know. You hear lots of stuff, and then you kind of go, "Well, what is which part of this is real, and which people are just, uh, which is just conjecture." You know, it's funny. This is bad for lots of reasons, and and like I think more than the obvious one where you go, "Hey, he's playing badly, so he's going to sit," and then you go, "Okay, that's a good thing," and then you go, "Man, he's being paid a lot of money to sit," and you're like, "That sucks." And then on top of that, there's this other angle where going, "Wait, he had a long term de- debilitative injury that we knew about going into this." and we still signed him for a lot of money, mm-hmm. that also is kind of like, well, that's a very strange thing that you couldn't even make it through a quarter of the season before it, it flare, flared up. Like, a lot of this is is bad. Yeah, I mean, yeah, what part of this is just true living enjoying tall defensemen? <laughs> it's like, oh, he's a tall defenseman. I'm going to sign him. Mm, yeah, but he has sexy. a hip injury. Yeah, but he's tall. <laughs> So I'm going to sign him for $4 million. His hips are probably not helped with how tall he is. Ooh, I like that. (laughs) Yeah, ooh, he's tall though. (laughs) So yeah, no John Klingberg, I guess for the foreseeable future, we'll see what Mm. happens, you know, when we get some uh, interviews going into this week and and prepping for, you know, a regular schedule again to see if we're going to see John Klingberg anytime soon. But right now, there's all these kind of rumors. Is he going to Robida Island? Is he going to LTIR? Um, no real idea. I don't even want to make a guess on this because last time I guessed on yeah. Klingberg, I was way wrong. <laughs> uh, but we might, as a positive, we might be seeing Connor Timmons. 
Yeah. You know, I, I think the weird part about or, or really helping Klinberg and, and you know, with, with how ferocious this media is and the attention on the team, what's going to help John Klinberg and the front office and Keith about getting asked questions about Klinberg is that you're not missing him a lot. You know, Timmons coming back is a big help. The defense has been okay. We have found replacement parts that have been playing totally fine. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a great time for someone to go like, hey, whatever you got to work on, just go work on it. Because Connor Timmons coming back and getting an actual uh, share of playing time for maybe the first time as a Toronto Maple Leaf is kind of exciting because every time he popped in, he seemingly scored a goal every time and he looked pretty competent offensively, especially. Yeah, point machine Connor Timmons. Uh, I think yeah. Connor Timmons will slot in nicely on power play two. Morgan Riley will go yeah. back up to power play one. And by all accounts, I think Connor Timmons is a solid enough offensive defensive piece that he can replace John Klingberg in the lineup and not necessarily miss a beat. I think Jake McCabe has step, stepped up defensively very nicely. Um, yeah. And Loggerson has been Loggerson. unreal. I'm so thrilled with William Loggerson. Uh, and just like <laughs> what he has done as a seventh, eighth defenseman to come up and just like assure that this defensive corps isn't going to absolutely fall apart, which what it looked like was kind of happening a couple yes. weeks ago um, and shored up nicely. And Benoit's done a nice job too. He's been physical, but I think when Timmons comes in, then Benoit goes back to the press box. I would, yeah, based on how they're playing, I would agree with you. And Connor Timmons just continues the pipeline of uh, first round pick, uh, Arizona Coyote, Toronto Maple Leaf. Uh, they're, they're essentially our AHL team at this point, and it's really exciting. Uh, <laughs> thank you for Michael Bunting. Thank you for Connor Timmons. Uh, so I'm just excited to see him play. It's just like another one where he's 25. People have given up on him, and he's a first round draft pick. And you're like, oh, wait, there's got to be something to this. Like, And especially because there are coaches, there is a coach per person on the Toronto Maple Leafs that can just work with him all the time. So we're, some former famous figure skater is just sitting there talking to him the whole time going like, you know, we should work on this. Like, I just, there are so many reasons to give you hope as an organization. They're like, oh, this guy could probably figure this out. This is really exciting. Mm -hmm. For sure. For sure. It should be, uh, we'll see if he gets in on Friday. I have no yeah. idea. But uh, yeah. next game's Friday in a Black Friday game against the Chicago Blackhawks. 2 p.m. start. Another <laughs> weird-ass Friday afternoon game, but I'll take it, I guess. Two uh, of the last three games have started at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The classic Toronto Maple Leaf stuff, yeah, baby. And the other Toronto time was Leafs. 8 a.m. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wild. What the hell? Uh, let's talk goaltending just for a, a quick sec. Sure. I mean, it's just nice that everyone's a... Seems like we're settling in here. Uh, I think goaltending kind of dominated the headlines over the first couple weeks of the season because yep. neither could find their game. So Leafs fans were trying to latch onto one to really be like, champion us, be our starter, take yes. the net and run with it. And no one mm -hmm. no one did. Uh, both no. struggled pretty mightily to start the season. Mm -hmm. And now mm -hmm. it seems like both have started to calm down. Uh, and that's all you can ask for is for your goalies to settle in. Because yeah. a calm goalie and a settled goalie is a good goalie. Yes. And you I, don't. Yeah, completely yeah, agree. You know what I mean? So now that both have settled, like we kind of touched on a couple seconds ago, I think we're just going to start to see a ride the hot hand, give both goalies starts. Like you're going to, in a, in a week slate of games, both goalies are seeing the net. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's kind of like what we were talking about earlier. I think you're going to start seeing a share until, you know, there isn't the pressing need for someone to absolutely take the mantle right now. But if this occurs over the next 20 games, let's say, uh, while they're sharing, that would be great. 
but until then, you know, we're going to play better defensively. That you know, I do want to not throw it right at their feet because Sammy and and Wall haven't played well for sure. We've been mm-hmm. giving up a ton of goals, but at the same time, it's not like the defensive uh, the defense in front of them has been playing very well, or the forwards. To be perfectly honest, too, we've seen a huge dip in. We have such good defensive forwards. We have all of our skilled players are pretty good defensively. And you've seen a huge dip in that as we've traded some defense for offense. And so you just hope that one of them can be playing well. Wall played great when he started. Now he dipped off. Sammy played terribly to start. Now he's playing a little bit better. So, you know, I, I, you just hope it can just find an even balance in the middle. Yeah. I I know we're like so far away from the playoffs, but do you think a tandem can work in the playoffs? The answer has to be yes. Like naturally you want to say no, mm-hmm. it shouldn't. But we have been seeing more and more over the last couple of uh, playoff runs that there has been goalie switches and then that team runs very far into the into the playoffs. It's you you will always go in going, this is our guy, but knowing that the other guy could play behind him if things don't go well. I think that's I think that's a totally fine thing. Look at look at Vegas last year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and look at Florida. Florida's goalies played yeah, in the playoffs. Yeah. Um I think that can work. Anywhere except Toronto, because I think if you go in with a tandem and you're like, yeah, yeah we're going to go in and both goalies are going to see playoff action and then game one happens. And if that goalie does not play stellar, you are going to have everyone calling for his head and yeah. get the other one. And it's and then vice versa. You know what I mean? Like it just. Yep. Yep. The media and the fan base dictates so much of the narrative in this city that that would worry me. I know this is a problem for months down the road. Um, yes, but I just, you know, when you have a tandem, those are the kind of questions you kind of want to ask and be like, is a tandem something that can succeed in the playoffs? I think it can. I just I'm nervous about it in Toronto. Yeah, I w- well, that, you bring up a very fair point that we have a unique uh, experience uh, being a Toronto Maple Leaf that they have to deal with. Uh, you know, be, it's no coincidence that it's Vegas and Florida where it kind of works, where people yeah. can kind of uh, be a little more sheltered, let's say. Uh Except I was going to say, inevitably, you know, when uh, Sammy has to start against the, you know, Tampa Bay Lightning, which we probably have already confirmed, but, you know, maybe not this year. We'll see. Yeah, it's like, because, yeah, you just have guys like Nick Kiprios who are going to say some shit. And, like, I think that's just going to lead right into this is egregious. Let's do it. This is egregious! Ah, this is egregious! This is egregious! This is egregious. And you know what? We could just rename this segment, what the fuck did Nick Kiprios say this week? (laughs) We just play clips from Nick, like, hey, this is what Nick Kiprios is saying this week. Oh, We're on episode eight, and he's already made his, what, third or fourth ap- appearance yeah. in this segment? Yeah, He's God. by far the most, the most, uh, by far the most uh, named, this is egregious, uh, participant. Yeah, as we all know, Leaf, Na- Leaf Nation, Jesus, is no stranger to exaggeration or overreaction. You know, we all do it. Nick Kiprios does it every fucking mm-hmm. day of his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this segment is to highlight how ridiculous it is. And Leafs win four in a row. And yep. look who comes calling that they are not a good team is Mr. Nick Kiprios talking about <laughs> why doesn't Austin Matthews get more assists? Yeah, why do that's Austin Matthews needs more assists. Okay, then he just yeah, went and passed it to Morgan Riley, who put one in and got one on Sunday. Like, chill the fuck out, Nick. No one, it, everyone in Toronto is upset that you're back on TV. And you yeah. know that what you are doing is just causing the exact reaction I'm currently having, just yes. boiling the blood it's of all working. of us. Like, it is totally working. But 
Why? Why do you always have to just pick out every single sort? The Leafs are going to win the Stanley Cup, and Nick Kiprios is going to be like, yeah, well, you know, I didn't see a complete game there, and uh, I would like to see a bit more from their depth and, yeah, you know, yeah. a little more toughness, toughness and because yeah. it's just not going to work next year. That's what Nick Kiprios would say if the Leafs won the Stanley Cup. I know. It's, it, is, it is somebody's job to just be a stick in the mud. Like, yeah, they won, but you can't be happy with that. And you're like, oh, what the? Give me up with the win. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, Ugh. four in a row and he's complaining. Uh, you just can't ask for anything else from uh, Sir Nicholas. Yeah, That's I mine. know. I, should, I, I don't blame you. It, I, I, we can just trade off Nick Kiprio's quotes uh, every week now from here on out because, yeah, he's just upset that BioSteel's going broke, I think. Okay, uh, mine is going to be, uh, this is a new name that I've never heard of before, but I had to look it up to see if he was a real person or just an online troll. No, he's very much a real person. His name is Sismon Simberg, and I'm so, I'm going to make fun of what you said. I'm not making fun of your name. I'm so sorry if I'm getting that wrong. He's the managing director of the Alliance of European Hockey Clubs. Once again, I thought that was a fake thing. I had to look it up. Nope, very real. Everyone follows him and respects him. He sent out a tweet saying, Matt Sundin just said on Swedish television that the Leafs are the strongest brand in the NHL, comparing them to FC Barcelona or Man U. I would never question anything he says, but, interesting key word there, uh, shouldn't a strong brand also imply occasional winning? Now, Sisman, what the hell are you doing here? Who are you? Who? What? What bear are you trying to wake up right now by doing this? What? Let's let's name a bunch of famous brands in this world, and I can tell you how many of them are associated with winning. The one that I would go to immediately is Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, not the, the Dallas, Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys. Yeah, the Dallas Cowboys. Win. They're the biggest team in the in the NFL. They are on every goddamn Sunday Night Football. I know that because I have to watch them and go. Oh man, this team sucks. And they they haven't won since the '90s. And at this point, if you're going over 30 years, you're not associated with winning. You know, you could talk about the history of whatever. You know. Um, the Boston Red Sox, huge brand, hadn't won since 1912. That was a, a span of over 100 years. The Chicago Cubs, longer than that, too. I just trying to say is that you're about to say, I love you, Matt Sundin. I would never question anything. But, oh, shut the hell off. Get, go back to Sweden. Get the hell out of here. I just, like, doesn't a strong brand, despite winning, just validate the strong brand? Like, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't a weak brand imply that if the winning is gone, the brand loses its strength? Like yes. bandwagonness uh implies a weak brand. Yes. Toronto is anything but a bandwagon as we know because we don't win shit, but yet yeah. we are, yeah. you know, the most popular team in hockey. Yeah. Doesn't that just imply that we are a strong brand? I you are I think he's contradicting himself. I, I would agree with you that it's it, it should be the quote is like it's impressive how strong of a brand they are considering they have not won. Mm -hmm. That should that should be. And the I'll thing agree with saying. that. Yeah, yeah. And I go, yeah, it really is. It's kind of like the New York Knicks. You're know, like they won one championship ever, and they're like, you know, the most, you know, whatever. I, I just I will say is that okay. I I don't want to get struck down by lightning, and I know this is egregious, but if Toronto was to ever win a Stanley Cup, and I'm, I Please. said if, so it's not it's not when it's not whatever. It's if they win a Stanley Cup. There is a part of me that would be really terrified of losing our identity as fans because so much of it is like, well, we tried and we did our best and whatever next year and here we go and let's make fun of the you know backup goalie or something like that. And you just see it with Golden State. You know, Golden State, uh, the Warriors and the NBA used to be have the best fan base and they were loud at Oracle and it was cheap, you know, and you could get in and it was really strong. And then they start winning everything. They moved to San Francisco and moving into a $2 billion building and now it's like, quiet and whatever you do that with uh the boston red sox they always talk about the pink hats like you know they become a kind of a dynasty and they've lost all identity with their fan base because no one 
all the, the tickets go up and then you get all these like absolutely, um, you know, bandwagoners. The only thing I'd say about the Toronto Maple Leafs is it already is kind of like a shitty experience or like the atmosphere is not always the best. So like, what are we really losing? But I just wonder if we would question who we are as fans if we won one. I don't think so. I mean, no, you don't be, think so. It would be incredible, but I, I think it wouldn't cause me to become less invested in the following year. Like at, okay. at the end of the day, I love hockey and I love watching hockey and every year is a new slate and every year is a new chance to win a cup. And though it hasn't happened in my lifetime, it hasn't even been close. Uh, yeah. I think accomplishing that would just make me, I don't know. This is speaking personally. Yeah. You, you, yeah. I'm asking you hungry for another, like, again, it's like, we all talk about like dynasties and, and racking up championships and great yeah, yeah. players needing rings and multiple rings to cement themselves. And, you know, I'm super invested in this core and, and, Yes. You've grown to love these guys like yep. Austin Matthews, yep. Willie Nylander, Mitch Marner. If they get that Morgan Riley, if they get that one ring, you're just like, okay, let's go get the second. Like, let's take the monkey off the back, finally becoming a cup champion into becoming a dynasty and yeah. backing up, backing up the strength of the brand, uh, Sismon. <laughs> yeah. I the only thing I wonder too is do you think we would complain with the same scrutiny if we want to stay like up with the next year would we go right back to doing this where we're like fucking hell john klimberg third pair defenseman goddamn get him off the team you know what i mean or do you think ease up i think that shit would still happen because yeah. it's just how the nature of of who we are but yeah, i think okay. what winning a cup would do would would uh our fan base is divided clearly right mm -hmm. there's the mm -hmm. old school of thought and the new analytics school of thought uh and i think winning a cup would completely unite that sort because no one's going to be crabby anymore we're still going <laughs> to yeah. have a whipping boy the following season that oh, everyone's sure. going to hate but no yeah. one's going to be crabby about well this is what we should do no yeah. this is what we should do once yeah. it works doesn't matter everyone's uh, okay that's fair i think the only other thing too is if you think our fan base is obnoxious online now oh if you lost the only thing that you could hold over us is the 1967 yeah. watch out Okay, yeah, well, nice. that was a nice time dreamland of fantasy land of us picturing us of what it would be like if we won the cup. Now we can go back to reality. I'm sorry. We just had to take a little dalliance there. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, I guess we're yeah. back to reality and <laughs> we've got some games coming up. Yeah. Uh, two Finally. road games, Friday at Chicago and Saturday at Pittsburgh. A nice little back-to-back to, -back to uh, sandwich before and after the Swedish trip. And then after that, we come home for a nice homestand with some important games starting with the Florida Panthers. Mm. What what do we want to see, Andrew? What what do we want to see this week? Uh you you want to see? Well, I think we got to go back to it. good defensive play and some just solid starting goaltending. They don't need to save us a game. They don't need to rob us or steal us one. Just some solid goaltending would be really really nice. You know, beat a bad team in Chicago who are playing fine, by the way. Mm -hmm. Like they're playing okay, but they're bad and they're not supposed to be good. Beat them. Uh, the Penguins, not playing that great. Kyle Dubas revenge game. Uh, you know, go out and win them on the road. And then Florida. You know what, uh, Lagerson, Lagerson, hey, Lagerson, take somebody's head off. I want to see some physical play on Florida. Hey, Ryan Reeves, are you not playing? You're playing on Tuesday. Let's go. Maybe, Let's yeah, do honestly, that's a good point. We might see Ryan Reeves on Tuesday for the first time in a while. Comes out plays of two minutes. Yeah, plays, <laughs> plays two, two minutes. minutes tries gets to rip five minutes of penalties. Matt Kachuk's head off and then goes <laughs> yeah. back to the bench. Um, yeah. I would like to see the recovery process uh, be limited as much as possible. Um, we talked about this a bit last week and what this 
trip is going to do travel-wise to teams coming back, like how Ottawa, how Minnesota, Detroit, and Toronto are going to respond to an insane amount of travel and an awkward schedule to see how long it takes them to get their legs back. We've seen in the past with these global series uh, this happen. A good thing that Sheldon Keefe kind of pointed out is Guy Boucher on our coaching staff has done this with Ottawa back in 2017, did a couple Sweden games. So I think it'd be nice to look to him to see, okay, what worked? What Mm -hmm. are some things that when you came back from Sweden didn't work and how can we prevent those from happening again? I think you have to look to guys who have done this before and really learn from them because, I mean, that's all you have, right? A A lot of these guys, most of these guys are doing this for the first time midway through a season going across the ocean. So I think uh, we know it's going to happen. We know it's going to be flat. Like we know like period one and two against Chicago are probably going to be flat. It's about limiting those, getting your legs as quickly as possible and getting back on track to uh, your schedule. Yeah. I think that sounds totally fair. And you know, like you're right. It's the same way that we said when we came over to Sweden, you know, those first two periods are going to be tough. The coming back, same thing. And then you hopefully you can uh, straighten it out and rely on some talent to, uh, to hopefully win, win a couple of games here. You know, I, I just some steady play would be really nice. Would be nice. Would yeah, be would nice. be nice. Is that too much to ask? Uh, Joey, let's get to it. Let's finally do it. Everyone's favorite game show, the numbers <laughs> game, a game where I put Joey on the spot to see if he can remember Leafs from eras past and what number they wore. Joey is currently perfect, 16 for 16, but each player he gets wrong between now and the All-Star break, Joey will donate $10 to the You Can Play Project, a foundation working to ensure the safety and inclusion for all who participate in sports. Joey, how you feeling? You ready? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. It's, <laughs> it's going to end sometime. So, so. Yeah, may, maybe this week. Who knows? We've got a couple yeah. of good, good, tough numbers. I think I chose some tough ones. We'll see. Okay, we'll see. here we go. Joey, are you ready for number one? Yes. It's not number one, by the way. So you've got 98 <laughs> more numbers to choose from. Okay. All right. Here we go. Uh, Nikolai Kuleman. 41. Holy shit. You didn't even yeah. give us any drama. Just right to 41. And yeah. he is correct. Of course he is correct. Yeah. 17 for 17 on the season. Wow. The okay. good old mouth breather. How can you forget the mouth breather? <laughs> Grabowski sidekick. Nikolai oh, Kuleman, man. I almost chose Grabowski. And then I remember we talked about him last week. And I'm like, oh, no way. He's Of course he's going to know that number. Yeah, 84. Uh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> that was one for free, guys. You didn't have to pay for that one. That was free. All right. All right. Here we go. For number... Uh, okay. Here we go. Let's find this person. Yes. All right. The second person we're choosing here is former coach Dallas Eakins. Oh, fuck. You got me. Oh, you don't know you, it? I don't know it. Um, I don't know it. I know he played with Sundin. I know yep. he coached the Marlies. I know everyone yep. thought he was going to be the the guy to coach the Leafs and t- didn't happen. Nope. Um, I don't know it, so I'm going to guess. Yeah. Fuck. I want to say... <laughs> yes. I'm yes. going to go with 20. 20? You are actually weirdly close, and I don't know if you noticed me trying to dance around not saying number two. He is oh. number two. It's I over. Going the, the streak is over. <laughs> It had to die eventually. Let's not be sad. It was over. Let's be remember the great times we had. He is now 17 for 18 uh, on the season, and you could play. Just got a donation of ten dollars. I'm uh, I'm curious to see how yep. many games Dallas Eakins played in a Leaf jersey. I'm gonna look. Oh, very few, by the way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not a time. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> you said Dallas Eakins, and I'm like, yeah, coach Dallas Eakins. Yeah, P- player Dallas Eakins played 18 games for the Maple Leafs. <laughs> you motherfucker, Andrew. <laughs> 
I had to. I had eighteen to make this games count. in ninety-eight, ninety-nine. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Didn't know it. You got me. Oh, uh, he he didn't know a player that played eighteen games on the Toronto Maple You should be truly ashamed of yourself. All right. Now, it's eight years now old. seventeen for eight. <laughs> seventeen for eighteen on the season. Ten dollars going to the you can play project. Joey still go. an incredible A plus A plus uh, student here. So there we uh, go. Very very impressive. All right. Yeah, I'll take the loss. I'll uh, come back better <laughs> next week. You know, uh, I mean, it's a good team out there. Dallas Eakins, good player. I can't discount him. Can't discount his number. But, uh, you know, got his number now and uh, look to uh, get her going next week. You know how it is. <laughs> I'll make you a promise. Players uh, only played 15 or more games in the Toronto Maple Leafs uniform. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy all right let's get into some nhl news uh just a couple of things we want to talk about here just stick taps to the vancouver canucks as much as i don't like the vancouver canucks they are one yeah, no. two and three in scoring right now like yeah it yeah it's impressive it's you look up and down impressive. almost stat leadership in general they are they are near the top in almost every category right now yeah, leading the league in scoring, you've got JT Miller with 28 points, Elias Pettersson with 28 points, and Quinn Hughes with 28 points. No one else has wow. 28 points, and all three of those guys are Vancouver Canucks. Um, this team is hot, man. This team is yeah. completely silencing the doubters. Everyone's talking about, like, they're going to have to regress to the mean. Like, it's coming. Vancouver regression mm-hmm. is coming. Hasn't come just yet. I mean, they have lost two in a row as we're talking, but still 12-5-1, still right behind Vegas in the Pacific. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, what else can you say? It's just I, Quinn Hughes is a defenseman and he's leading the league in scoring right now. Like he's going to win the yeah. Norris at, unless he just com- falls off a cliff here. Yeah, I, it's it's really impressive. I just do want to say two disclaimers. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs beat the Vancouver Canucks uh, this hmm. season, which is uh, fantastic, especially yeah, for the Toronto Maple Leafs podcast. And then the second thing is there are a lot of statistics that are saying this is a little inflated and which shouldn't be shocking when you're playing this this well. Of course, you need some things to go right for you mm. that you're getting a little bit of goal luck or puck luck, you puck know, which is whatever. Man. It is absolutely real. And like, that's, I don't know. We can always talk about that, but is it, this is really impressive and they are by far Canada's best team right now. And we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks, but they're playing so, so well. And the goaltending too, with Demko is so well. Yeah. Thatcher Demko is really having a good year. I'm so glad I yeah. drafted him on my fantasy team. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> NHL blackouts, man. Probably the most frustrating thing about the NHL uh, yeah. product, not on the ice mm-hmm. uh, right now. I'm, for example, we just had a global series, and if you were living in Toronto, you could only watch the Toronto games. I tried to watch uh, Ottawa, Detroit, couldn't watch it, blacked out. Like, what are we doing? Come on, man! What come are we on. doing? This this sport needs to grow. It it is sending players halfway across the world to grow the game, and you're like, do you want to watch that game? No, you can't watch that game. Why wouldn't I be able to watch it? Like this in baseball. Baseball has an issue with this too, with regional blackouts, and it's it's mostly because. In your region, they want you to incentivize you to go to the game. Now, that I understand. If it's 50,000 people in the stadium, you're like, I, I got people to go. But you're you're turning it off for 10 million people so that yeah. they can't watch the game. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever, especially when they're in fucking Sweden. It doesn't like, make any sense. What am I supposed to do? Fly to Sweden to watch a game? Get the hell out of here. I don't get it. Yeah, it pisses me off. Like, you know, for example... Uh, Edmonton, for example, is playing Vegas, you know, okay. and the Leafs are off that night, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, I would like to watch Connor McDavid play some hockey. Can't watch it. Blacked no. out. Why? Like, I don't- it doesn't make any sense. The current deal that the NHL has, um, 
allows this to happen with the regional rules. Uh, yeah. If you can only watch it if you are in said region. Poor Leaf fans who don't live in Toronto and have to, you know, stream illegally. That's their only option because if you, for example, live in Ontario and you are on the other side of the Ottawa line, but you are mm-hmm. a Leafs fan, you're shit out of luck. You can't watch Toronto Maple Leafs games. It's I, insane. It's, it's it's so stupid. And I know people will be like, well, you can watch Center Ice. I've also, have you ever watched Center Ice? It's the, the actual, uh, I don't know, like the, the logistics behind it doesn't make any sense. Like it's actually just a poorly run app on top of that. So like, they're just not making it easy on you. And when the sport desperately needs more people to be watching it, doing stuff like this is just it's just hurting the game there's just no way around it yeah and like if you're paying for cable if you're paying for sportsnet's package if you're paying for tsn's package that should be enough yes like what what frustrates me is yeah i'm paying for sportsnet pacific west central but when the gamers the game is on there i have those channels i've paid for those channels but i can't watch that game yeah that doesn't make any sense to me i know I, it's 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 insane. I, I I am an online subscriber for like TSN Plus and like uh, Sportsnet now, and now TSN has come out with like Sportsnet Plus Plus or something like edition. And you're like, oh, can I watch college football? Like, no, you can't. I got one game for you, and it's across all five networks. And then if you want any other game, you got to pay additional. You're like, that feels illegal. Yeah, it's just uh, there is a clear opportunity missed here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh yeah, absolutely. That soon. Because yeah, like, we're that hockey is- fans. We just want to watch hockey, man. Like, why are you taking this you, away from us? <laughs> I know. You already have people that go on, like, can I watch a game? And you're like, no. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no <laughs> Goodbye. wonder we are the fourth out of four. Easily. Yeah, it's 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 brutal. People yeah, I just I hope that gets fixed in the next uh in the next contract with the uh, with Sportsnet and ESPN. Um, but, uh, but you know, I honestly, I don't have high hopes with the way that this league is run sometimes. Yeah. As long as, uh, Gary's at the helm, I don't have any high hopes for anything, anything good, <laughs> anything exactly positive. <laughs> John exactly Tavares, it. come and get your Stanley cup. That's all I want to hear from Gary ever. Oh, that, that would be the time I hear his voice and I go, I'm glad I heard that. That was really good. Yeah. He had some fruitful things to say there. All right. Enough about Gary. I think that's all the time we have today. Uh, (laughs) But if you made it this far, we appreciate the hell out of all you good buds. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Go Leafs go. Go Leafs go. You can follow us on Twitter at goodbudspod. Any questions you'd like us to answer on the podcast, you can send to goodbudspod at gmail.com. The song you're listening to is Adelaide by Taylor Whitaker of when Bad Friend. Adelaide is available. I hope you feel you. better like you wanted to then. I know we haven't talked. I know we haven't talked in a while, but my hands have missed the feel of your cold black hair. Sad Styles Productions. Get into it!